On the show today, Rich and I discuss viral recipes and a homegrown cocktail that's perfect for the chilly winter days. I'm your host, Brad Jackson, and you're listening to the January 30th, 2023 edition of Coffee and Koshan. Rich, it is that time of uh, year where it's a little chilly outside, so it's nice to have something warm to drink and something warm to eat. Uh, you have been on a tear recently on social media, and and people listening, if you don't follow Rich on social media, you should, um, with some uh, viral recipes you found. Uh, I want to. We've got three here. I want to start with smoked and fried bologna because that sounds like it's right up my aisle. So yes, I have a uh, you know the the algorithm is always watching, and even <laughs> if you uh, don't follow channels, if you pause just long enough as you're scrolling, then it will bring up suggestions from the same uh, you know uh, genre, and so I like food and drink, so I've been getting more and more of these recipe select uh, suggestions. And yes, one that I got, I've seen it on a number of channels. It's interesting. You start following these fucking, excuse me, cooking channels. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, they, they all get on a tear and all kind of start doing the same thing at the same time. And recently, that thing was getting creative with bologna. And I'm not talking about going to the deli and buying sliced bologna. I'm talking about buying an entire chub. And the one that I've done is smoked bologna. So you go to the store, you can go to the deli counter or sometimes just in the, the case where they've got hot dogs and everything. You can get a chub of bologna. You take the uh, casing off of it, just the, the wrapping, not the actual casing. And then you score it uh, lengthwise and then around the diameter and uh, about a half an inch deep uh Use some mustard as a binder, which, as I was assured from watching these different viral videos, will not change the flavor. And they were right. You can also use that on like a pork shoulder or something like that. So use some mustard to, to keep things on and then just hit it with your favorite barbecue rub. And from there, you take it to the smoker for about three or four hours. And it's already cooked, so you're not looking for an internal temperature or anything like, like that. You're just looking for the exterior to get a nice bark on it from all that barbecue rub. And from there, you can slice it and just eat it. Uh, but what I did was one of the things that was suggested was to take those thick slices, throw them in a pan, and fry them up like you would spam or, you know, if you've done fried bologna before just from the deli bologna and fry up the, the slices so that they get some nice texture all around and then make sandwiches with it. And you're not looking to go too fancy here. You know, you don't need your rustic bread. And, and I love bread. I love, you know, different iterations of bread for different sandwiches. But for this, you know, plain old white bread is fine. I actually did not have white bread around. I had some jalapeno cheese bread. So I went with that. But you could just, you know, you could throw some cheese, some mustard, pickles, onions, however you want to make your fried bologna sandwich. And it is, it's tasty. Is it something that you're going to serve at a fancy dinner? No, because it's bologna. But it's, it's good. It can be kept in the fridge for a while because bologna lasts for a long time. And 
you know, all in all with your, your rub, your bologna, your wood chips and you know, your wood, you're looking at something that you can feed a lot of people or have a lot of meals for like $20, maybe. See, I like so, that because uh, that combines two things for me. I, I like I like sandwich meat. Uh, I like making sandwiches. Uh, you and I are both big fans of the sandwich. Um, but I also like the smoker. And so you're taking something that uh, is usually a, a sandwich meat, putting it on the smoker, giving it some more flavor, and then lo and behold, you know, that makes a damn good sandwich, I bet. Yes, it does. And uh, it's fun to use the smoker for different things. Uh you can also, uh, you know, I'm going to throw you a curveball here. We didn't discuss this beforehand, but uh, over the summer, I smoked a block of uh, cream cheese, kind of the same method, score, some barbecue rub, and just smoke it for an, about an hour and then eat it with some crackers. And so oh, if you've yeah. got a smoker, you know, and, and you're, you're using, you know, a pellet smoker or whatever, where you can just kind of fire it up and go, don't be afraid to get creative. You can throw a lot of stuff on there and make it damn tasty. Uh, from just real basic stuff that you might already have in your fridge. I like that. I like that idea a lot. Um, okay, so to go with a nice, tasty sandwich are often some pickles, but you have a great new way to do pickles. What's that? Yes. So another one of these is kind of a play on the cheese wisp, which uh, many of us have seen in grocery stores. It's one of those you know, low-carb, zero-carb options that has arisen in a recent years. And the cheese wisp is one of the biggest ways you can waste money. I mean, it's not that they're that expensive, but if you look at the ingredient list, it's cheddar cheese. There's not a binder. There's not a this, there's not a that. So you can very easily make these at home. And so people have been experimenting with that. And that's where they kind of people who wanted a fried pickle, but didn't want to do the breading, they kind of combine the idea and it's delicious. So what you do is you take a muffin tin and you spray it with a, a little cooking spray and then you throw some shredded cheddar in and then you throw in a slice of pickle, a uh, pickle chip. I just bought the whole dills and sliced them up myself. Uh, at this point, if you wanted to add some seasoning or garlic or whatever, you could do so. And uh, some people will add bacon. You top with another layer of uh cheddar shredded cheddar you throw that into the oven at 400 degrees for about 15 to 17 minutes or so until the cheese is fully melted and has started to darken a little bit and uh, you pull them out and you let them cool and you can dunk them dunk them in some ranch dressing and they are delicious and it's a pretty low calorie you know not bad for you easy to make snack and so Kind of, again, I realized why everybody's been making these things because it's, A, so foolproof. Like, you don't even have to be able to boil water to make this, you know, because all your it's, – it's barely cooking. You know, you're just throwing a couple of ingredients in the oven and letting the magic of heat transform it into something – transform them into something else. And I was thinking that they would be quite good on a sandwich. I have not tried that yet. But I am thinking of, you know, maybe a burger with those on there. there you go. And uh, they are good. Now, you have to like pickles, but maybe you don't like pickles. Maybe you like pickled jalapenos. You know, like you can put basically anything in there and cook it up and it will be good. And as, you know, we're getting into 
the Super Bowl is approaching. We've got games going on now. You need a quick snack that, you know, can feed some people something to nibble on while you have a beverage. It's an easy thing to do. So I would recommend giving it a shot. I love this idea. So so it's essentially just cheese and pickles. And through the yeah. magic of the oven, you make them into cheese, pickle, crisps. Crisp. Yeah. God, I love that. That's great. Thank you, Internet. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Serving a useful purpose for a change. Right, for a change. Uh, all right, so the last one we've got here involves a sausage and red lobster biscuit mix. Am I right? Yes. So I'm a big fan of the sausage ball. And the traditional sausage ball, you take a pound of sausage, you let it come to room temperature, uh, you mix that with a pound of shredded cheddar, which is also at room temperature, and two cups of bisquick. Uh, you mix it up real good, form it into balls, uh, throw it into the oven and uh, at uh, 350 for uh, 20, 30 minutes or so until they're nicely browned. And this twist, as opposed to using Bisquick, you buy Red Lobster Cheddar Bay Biscuit Mix, which is available at most grocery stores. Now, there are two approaches to this. I've tried both of them. The first that I tried, you just use the dry mix you mix up the, the the Cheddar Bay Biscuit Mix. I've never made them at home. I'm not a big Red Lobster guy, but I've been, and I know that those biscuits are good. So that you bake the biscuits, and then you uh, brush them with a garlic butter mix after they've come out of the oven. And so that's what I did was I mixed up the garlic butter, and then when the sausage balls came out, I brushed them with garlic butter. And that was fine. The better approach is to take the uh, dry butter mix or the, the herb and, and garlic mix that you would mix with butter to glaze. You just take that dry, those dry, dry ingredients, mix them in with a biscuit mix and then with your sausage and cheddar cheese and then bake them. And then you get the garlic flavor really more throughout the sausage ball and good. You can, you know, we'll just keep them around. I've got some plain ones I made last night in the fridge. Cause you know, my oldest daughter will throw them in her lunch. Sometimes you want a little snack. You can pop them in the microwave or in the toaster oven, heat them up. And the sausage ball is delicious. One hey, morning. This, I have, this sounds like the perfect, uh, football snack. Am I wrong? Yes. It's great because it's got some protein. It's got some grease. Uh, it's, you know, it's a bite sized, so you can very easily portion them out and just delicious. One of those things that I've had my entire life and never have gotten tired of. But I will notice, I need to get into the uh, probably the food science of this. One thing I've noticed is, like many people, I am lazy and buy pre-shredded cheese, which has cellulose added to keep it from clumping. And for the sausage ball, you're really better off buying a pound of cheddar cheese, sharp cheddar and shredding it yourself because when you're mixing all that, the Bisquick or the cheddar Bay biscuit mix or whatever, you, you got a lot of dry in there. You don't want to introduce any extra dry. You can manage to get it all mixed together, but it's going to take a little bit of extra work that you wouldn't have to do if you took the time to shred some cheese yourself. That's a good point. And that's actually a, um, uh, a good tip. If you're doing something really good, uh, shred the cheese yourself. Uh, it's worth it because that, that fresh cheese not only won't do, won't, won't come with all the extra additives, uh, as Rich was noting, but uh, it just tastes better when, it, when it's freshly shredded. So if you've got the time or you're making something for 
someone special, uh, shred the cheese yourself. Um, okay. So I want to go out on this because, uh, you and I text ideas, um, while I'm uh, hacking and coughing uh, throughout the week. And uh, you came up with a fantastic cocktail that just rang all sorts of bells for me. Uh, we've talked about Amaro Nonino on this show before. It's something that um, my family always keeps in the bar, no matter whose house we're at. Um, it's something you keep at your bar. And you found a way to do a Boulevardier with Amaro, right? This is correct, although I cannot take credit for it. A bartender turned me on to this idea. Uh, my wife and I went out for a date a couple of weeks ago and there's this Mexican restaurant Yayo's that's just fantastic. Their chef is nominated for a James Beard award just uh, last week. And we were uh, sitting at the bar having some dinner and talking to the bartenders. And I was telling them that I like the Boulevardier, but it, the bitterness tends to overtake the cocktail for me, especially towards the end. Like it starts strong when I first make one, it's like, Oh, this is perfect. But after a couple of sips, the uh, Campari kind of just takes over for me. And the bartender grabs his bottle of Amaro Nonino and says, this is what you need to use. And so I made it up with bourbon and you go a little bit heavier, uh, unlike the Negroni uh, where it's equal parts, you're going to go like one and a quarter or one and a half ounces of bourbon and then one ounce each of Amaro Nonino and sweet vermouth. And man, this bartender had it right because it still gives you that good, bracing, slightly bitter drink that you're looking for in a Boulevardier, but it keeps everything balanced and it's just kind of a richer, fuller flavor that lasts throughout the sip and throughout the cocktail. So I don't know that I would ever make one the traditional way again. It was that good so this is so good this is now your new boulevardier yes this is like the boulevardier used to be one of those drinks where every now and again and like now it's like should i have a boulevardier and it, i don't always because you know it's a lot of liquor in a glass but <laughs> i i think about them often <laughs> you're now longing for the boulevardier i like that <laughs> Um, okay, so we'll link to some of these recipes um, in the show notes. Uh, and you've got to try this new Boulevardier with Marona Nino because apparently it is the only way to do this now. Uh, Rich, thanks so much. This is a record for the longest I've gone without coughing in the last uh, few weeks. So uh, <laughs> thanks for doing this today. I appreciate it. Hey, awesome, man. It's fun as always. Um.